Sooner Nation, Longhorn fans, welcome to episode 18 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only bot podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, conference play is here. Has Texas done what they wanted to do in the non-con? Are you happy through three games? Yeah, I'm very content. This is exactly where I hoped and expected that that uh, there will be. You know, I was hoping for an upset in week two against Alabama. It didn't happen, but they still showed themselves pretty well. But two and one, they're exactly where I hoped they would be going into conference play. What about the Oklahoma Sooners? Yeah, no, I think so. We, I think we've seen ourselves or seen the team get better each week. Um. We expected to be, I think, 3-0, and we are 3-0. What we didn't expect is to have a defense that's only given up 10 points a game. Um, as we've talked about, and we'll talk about some more, my concerns still lie on the offensive side of the ball, specifically with Gabriel's accuracy. And then can Eric Gray have a repeat performance uh, of what he did up in Lincoln, which was by far his best regular season game uh, as an OU center. So, yeah, no, I feel good about where we're at. I mean, both schools still have everything in front of them. I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is – this is a – we've – step one is done. And as the banner on the bottom of the screen say – or the banner on the bottom of the screen says, conference play begins, and this is where we've got to put our – do act two, basically. And Oklahoma gets K-State – prior to last week's Tulane loss was looking like a tremendous football game. Now it's, now it's just looking like an okay game. Y'all get Texas tech. I got to tell you, this is an interesting world for me, Kevin. Uh, Now that we're on the boomer Bevo pod Twitter account, we're following both Oklahoma and Texas, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And so for OU fan that's out there, let me just tell you, that's a weird world to be in where one text is a a Sooner text and the next text is a Texas text. And they just kind of keep coming, not at each other. You know, they're kind of independently coexisting on my Twitter page, but it feels weird. But who is this Kyle Umling guy? (laughs) He's a stat guy. He's a statistician, I believe. Man. And yeah, this guy... Yeah, he does a he, good job with it. He is absolutely bringing it for Texas Tech. He tweets yeah. about Texas Tech like he wants to burn the university down on his way out of town. It's insane. The trash yeah, talk that comes from that guy. Yeah, he, he's on it, man. Yeah, he, he does a good job. He's a statistician, I, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, he's definitely a must-follow. Well, I've seen him through three weeks. And the first three weeks was, you know, good stuff. You know, good stuff. Oh, like, that's interesting. Oh, okay, nice take or whatever. Texas Tech has just been relentless. I mean, it is. Yeah, he really brings it for those schools who, you know, hate Texas but have nothing to really show for their hatred, you know. Does, does, I would think, I would like to think that Oklahoma is above some of that. Clearly we're not. But. It seems like Texas has to, this is OU fan speaking, Texas has to demean their rivals 
in order to build themselves up. Is that every fan base? Am I seeing it skewed? Or does Texas, because of their record over the last 12, 12 or so years, do you feel like they're having to speak with a lot of false bravado to kind of self-convince themselves that they're better than they are? What do you think? No. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially when it comes to a school like Texas Tech. Come on, man. Yeah, you might be right. Again, Listen. even through Texas's horrible, horrible game, right? I mean, what, what is Texas Tech done? I mean, they beat us. Look, they'll have one thing over us forever, and that's the 08 win, the Michael Crabtree play. They all have that forever. I was jumping and I up and down. I them on that. I jumped up and down like a crazy person when Crabtree caught that ball on the sideline. I was ecstatic. I've never been yeah. so happy for a Texas Tech play in my life. This is absolutely the worst moment in my history of uh, with Texas football. It's absolutely heartbreaking. No, nothing is worse than that. Not even losing the championship game in Alabama was as bad as that. No, I could see that. That makes a lot of sense because yeah. that was a that was a gut punch, nut punch, whatever you want to call it. And it had to happen at Texas Tech of all places. Yeah, and then you know because we look, they they didn't play well that game, and they still somehow came back and took the lead, you know, with a minute left. And they went down the field. And on the play, they had the right call for it. They had a double team, the Crabtree, on the side. And somehow he caught the ball and just went right through. And we had two good players back there, too, Curtis Brown and Earl Thomas. I mean, there's literally nobody else on the field we'd rather have back there. So so it's our play. It was a great play by Graham Harrell. And, and Michael Crabtree, but yeah, they'll have that over. But they haven't beaten us in Lubbock since. Crabtree was a hell of a wide receiver, though, in college. He was oh, so he was. good. Man, it, it's insane how good he was. Um, insane. Before we get into our, our individual games, let's talk about our picks and what we're going to be picking. Uh, Kevin... Again, the slate of games for week four, nothing just like jumps up and grabs me as awesome games type situation. I, I don't know if I'm, we're all spoiled from week one and two, uh, but let me run through it. Tomorrow night, West Virginia against Vautech. West Virginia is giving up one and a half. Um, West Virginia, we thought West, I thought West Virginia was a pretty good team after their week one win against Pitt. And they've subsequently lost the last two games. So I don't know what West Virginia is. Um, and who Clemson, they lost to last week? I know they lost to um, I know they lost to Kansas. You know who they're? I'm not sure who they played last week. I don't know. I don't know. Clemson plays Wake Forest, and Clemson's only giving seven. You and I were texting during the Clemson game last week. Clemson does not look good. Even though they won and they've won, I, they haven't played anybody that's worth a flip yet. And I worry about Clemson when they have to go play somebody. The quarterback play is still very, very, very average, if not below average. And they just don't look like the same team. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm a little concerned, right? DJ, he, he's a super talented dude, but it for some reason hasn't clicked yet with him and their system. For whatever reason, I know it's hard to replace a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but it just hasn't looked right. Yeah, it's it's at no at no moment has it looked. He doesn't look comfortable. It just it's, I don't know something about it is not working there with him at quarterback. Uh, big time Big Twelve matchup. 
Baylor versus Iowa State. At Iowa State, Iowa State giving favored by two and a half. I think it's an interesting line. So do I. So do I, especially with with Baylor. Are is Vegas a little bit out on Baylor? I don't know if that they be- thought at the beginning of the season. I don't know if that BYU game has everybody scared about Baylor or whatever. I, I don't. I don't see it with Iowa State this year. They do not have the same level of talent that they've had over the previous years. If you're Matt they lost Campbell, some really good football players. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, if you're Matt Campbell, this is the year to go looking at a job like a Nebraska or whatever the case may be, because you do not have the same stable of of dudes that you had there in the past. Uh, uh, the dream matchup, if you were playing in the Final Four, Duke versus Kansas. Kansas Jayhawks threatening to go four and zero are favored by seven and a half points at home. And that offense just has been unstoppable so far. It's basically uh, they took their performance against Texas, and they're basically replicating it against everybody this year. Listen, we, we I watched them against Houston. And they looked – they were the better team. Nothing fluky about it. They looked big and fast. They, they played great. Their coach is apparently on the list for Nebraska. And I don't know about you, but I'm hoping they hire him before OU has to play him because yeah, Kansas just – Get out of here. Kansas just looks – they look totally different. And that's if, – if he's able to have done that in two years – because this is only his second year, right? I believe – I think so. I mean, that's amazing. No, no, it's his third at the most. That's um, it, it, Either way, I think it's his second year, but Lance Leipold, that's amazing to have done that with, with how bad that culture was, how bad the football was, how low the talent gap was. Les Miles. Yeah, no fan and, support. Les Miles and everybody behind him left it just in shambles. I mean, it's been in shambles since Man, Mangino was the coach. To say yeah, that – He left it just – yeah. To say Kansas – has it is favored to go four and zero is just amazing and I don't know I'm glad we have them at home y'all get them on the road I, that's I, we'll get to the Kansas game when we get there um, TCU versus SMU TCU's favored by two and a half Florida versus Tennessee this is where game day is going to be Tennessee's favored by ten and a half Josh Heupel's high flying offense um, Florida took a hit with that loss to Kentucky but can probably get right back where they want to be if they beat Tennessee. Arkansas versus A&M. We're not going to pick an A&M game again because I just can't deal with it. But okay. I do have it on here. A&M is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think is – I don't know Very how they're going to right? – I don't know how they're going to outscore Arkansas. We talked about this last episode. I don't know how yeah. A&M outscores Arkansas. And look, A&M's defense is legit. They've got some really, really talented dudes out there. But – Man, that offense is so bad. I can't trust them to put it. Now, look, Arkansas did get lit up by Missouri State last week. But I still don't know if A&M can, can get that passing game going. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I think Arkansas has some guys in the secondary that have been out that should be back this week. So we'll see. Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Ohio State's favored by 19. And the last on my list is USC favored by six on the road at Oregon State. Many are, people are, many people are saying this is the first real opportunity for Lincoln Riley to be tested. I, I don't know much about Oregon State. What I do know is on the offensive side of the ball for USC, they are loaded. And 
I mean, say what you want about Lincoln Riley. I can't stand the guy. I think he's a huge weirdo douche, but he can coach some offense when he is in a groove like that. And these guys, I mean, this talent is is next level. I, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. he's got quarterback, running back, receiver. That combination is there a better quarterback, running back, receiver combination in the country right now? I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. What we're seeing from Caleb Williams, I mean, he's taking basically his performance in the in the Texas game last year, and he, he's put that on there for the USC the first three weeks of the season. I mean, they look great, and and Jordan Addison. I mean, you you expect it, right? The guy won the Belichick last year. He looks every bit as good out in USC, man. And that system, Travis Dye looks good. Mario Williams looks good. They got a tight end, Lake McCree, out of Austin, um, former Texas commit, by the way. He he looks good. So, man, yeah, they've they're loaded yeah. offensively. So we'll see what happens with Oregon State. What which one of these games? tickles your uh, fancy which one makes you want to kind of jump in there and kind of pick one and, and break it down a little more you know I, i'm really intrigued by the um by the florida tennessee game yep uh but here's the thing though florida after that great start against utah i don't know if the quarterback is throwing a touchdown pass since really yeah uh i, I like the, the, i mean i like the baylor baylor iowa state game i think that's a weird spread I think it's an easy pick, at least the way I'm looking at it. I think Baylor covers easily, just my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of Baylor love through the preseason. Uh, that It took a hit with BYU, but I still think people are high on Baylor. Um, I'm interested. I mean, with that, with that, I don't know what Vegas is thinking, if they're trying to get people to lay some money down on Baylor or what, but it's just a weird hit. Um you got to pick last time. I'm picking this time. Let's go Baylor, Iowa State. Let's do it. Let's do All it. right. Uh, for the Baylor, the Iowa State. And so I'm giving you the pick. Iowa State's favored by two and a half. Who do you want? No, nah, I'm going Baylor. Yeah, I'm going Baylor too. When we get to our games real quick, everybody – Texas is favored by six and a half on the road at Tech, and Oklahoma is favored by 12 and a half, Kansas State. I'll tell you who's not favored. The insured when they have a loss at their home or business. In fact, they are a tremendous underdog when you're dealing with a very much for profit organization like an insurance company. So I would recommend, and I think Kevin would also recommend, if you ever find yourself in that situation where you as a homeowner or a business owner has had a loss that's insured, uh, whether it be fire, wind, tornado, hail, theft, vandalism, give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. Let them adjust the claim for you, not the insurance company. Allow Brown O'Haver to level the playing field, get you the money you deserve for the premiums you've paid for years and years and years. Kevin, if he looks a little tired today, it's because he's been out in a burned down house counting every single item for our newest client to make sure they get paid. That's what we do. Kevin, am I, I mean, how long were you out there in the, it's 99 degrees today. How long were you outside today counting on that stuff? All day. All day. Team of three people? Correct. Team of three people 
all day. And we're not done yet. We'll be out there again tomorrow counting and going through every item in this person's home, building a complete inventory list so that we can turn it into the insurance company and get our client paid. Because the insurance company knows people don't want to dig through their burned out houses. They know they don't want to go item by item. They know that if they give them a, a large check up front, that they won't ask for the rest of the money. Hire Brad O'Haver, get paid your full and fair settlement. We get 30 to 40% more and clients get on their own. And that gentleman, the good looking guy to my right, he will come out to your house and do an inventory if you've had a fire. And he's the best. Yes, I will. Oh, Kansas State. Why they had to lose to Tulane, I have no idea. This could have been a big noon game. This could have been a lot of different things. But I am excited. It is a night game, which gets me fired up. It's going to be hot hot Saturday, but it will be a night game, 7 o'clock kickoff. The sun will be setting. Um, I don't have tickets yet, but if they come around, I'm going for sure. I think, Kevin, the keys to the game are very, very simple. Yes, they are. To say, maybe not to execute, but you have to stop Deuce Vaughn. The guy is really, really, really good. Really good. He is averaging over 110 yards per game. He's averaging 5.7 yards a carry. And he's just really doing a really, really good job. Now against Tulane, Tulane sold all out on Deuce Vaughn. And they were able to contain him. First time he hasn't had a rushing touchdown in like 10 games. They forced Adrian Martinez, the transfer from Nebraska, to have to put the ball up. He put the ball up 31 times. He only completed 21, and he only threw for 150 yards. That is not good. That is just not going to get the job done. No. Um, People were very high on K-State in the offseason. They saw that this transfer of Adrian Martinez was going to be the missing piece, I think, for Kansas State. I got to tell you, Kevin, I never saw it. I never saw anything for from Adrian Martinez when he was at Nebraska. They went three and nine last year. I never saw him put the team on his shoulders and really go take him to a win. Everybody talks about the losses by one, one possession for Nebraska. Well, where's your quarterback stepping up and making a play? Then he goes to K-State. Maybe it's the right move for him. I don't know. But I don't see his level of play just like suddenly elevating K-State to some different plateau of performance. What am I missing about Adrian Martinez? Anything? Look, the guy's a good athlete, right? I've seen that. I've seen him make some runs and do some things. But, I mean, yeah, he was never able to get Nebraska over the hump, right? And that's what you hope from a quarterback, right? Even – you know, like a Dylan Gabriel, right? He's the right guy at the right time for this offense. You hope that he can help get you over the hump. But even right? Dylan, but even Dylan, him. but the difference with Dylan Gabriel is he's transferring with a level of success attached to him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's actually proved things over his career. So, yeah, I mean, I've never been sold on, on Martinez and as so, a, you know, a solid D1 quarterback. Their 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 previous games were thirty four nothing against South Dakota. The the one that got everybody excited was the Missouri game. They beat Missouri forty to twelve. Um, I I don't know a ton about Missouri. I'll be honest, Kevin. I did when I was reading the recap on the game. There was a lot of rain delays. It was a long and drawn out game. I wonder if that affected Missouri on the road. I I don't know how to explain that, but he still didn't throw a touchdown pass uh, in that forty to twelve win. 
So I think whatever Deuce Vaughn was doing and then the running game, and maybe with Adrian Martinez's running game too, he'll, he'll throw in the quarterback run game. It masked maybe his deficiencies as a passer. They then get exposed yeah. against Tulane. I don't know what – I mean, what do you think Brent Venables is going to dial up? To me, it sounds like exactly what we've been doing. Of course, yeah. Stop yeah. the run, blitz the rusher, and then play, play pass safe back with your – With, with sound your, coverage, yeah. With your sound coverage. And the, if he wants to beat you up underneath, that's fine. But I don't know that it's going to just be some easy recipe for success because it sure wasn't for Nebraska. Yeah. Now, I do think that you'll get whatever their best effort is. You know, they'll try to find some creative ways – and getting Deuce Vaughn the football, I just yeah. don't know if it's enough. They gotta have they gotta have some other guys step up. You know, um, I mean, they got the, the receiver Malik Knowles, who's a talented player, but he's what has he got? Ten catches for ninety two yards on the year, so just you know, some short. I think the longest reception he has is nineteen yards. They haven't been able to get him going deep, so man, we'll see. It just doesn't look good, man. Right? I think we're all excited about this. This is gonna be the one, the first real test on the field for OU last week, Nebraska, it was the environment that re- that everyone was really concerned about. How would they play in a road in a fired up environment and handled that test very well. We thought K-State might be a better test on the field, but man, it took a lot of luster out of the game with them losing. So on the, other, on the other side of the ball, they are averaging 9.7 yards per game on defense. So they're holding opponents under um, ten. I mean, under ten points a game. Under ten points a game. Okay. Which th- this is it is going to be a test because that's pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, because we're bra- we're bragging about our ten points a game, and they're under that. Uh, they have the preseason Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, and Felix. You might have to help me with this. A new Dyke Uzoma. Yeah, and a DK Uzoma looks like uh, on a DK yeah. on a DK Uzoma. Yeah, he he's got nine tackles on the year, but two and a half sacks. He's a defensive lineman. The the, the thing I noticed when I was looking at K State is how 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 uh, much experience is on both is on the defensive side of the ball. Their top five tacklers are Austin Moore, Kobe Savage, Daniel Green, Julius Bentz, and they go junior, junior, senior, senior, or junior, 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 senior, senior. I mean, that's a lot of experience to be playing defense. Uh, yeah. I think for Oklahoma, I think it will be a better test offensively. I don't think it's going to be a test defensively. I don't think K-State's going to be able to score enough to beat us. But I want to see how our offense reacts to what is clearly a pretty stout defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I, yeah, go ahead. Is this going to be the game where, you know, you're going to eventually get to the spot where Gabriel has to go out and win the game for you, right? Is yeah, I don't think this is point? the game. The team is going to set out the run game. This is not going to be the one. I don't think so, it's going to be the game. Get, I think the most impressive thing so far about the OU offense has been the balance. You're averaging like 290 and 280 between yeah. running and passing so far. That's been the, the, the best part of the balance. You know, I feel like at some point, there's going to be a team that's going to be so good against stopping the run. It's going to say, okay, Dylan, you're going to have to beat us throwing the football. You know, I, you don't feel like this is going to be that week yet. I don't think this is the game, but you know what? If it's a low scoring game and he's got to go make a couple plays, he, we've got to get the accuracy down. That's the biggest issue. I mean, I think he makes, I think he makes very good decisions. 
as evidenced by note zero turnovers. So I think yeah, he's no turnovers, very, yeah. yeah, I think he's making very good decisions. Um, but when you've got weapons like Mims and Theo Wees and uh, Willis and Stoops, you, they're open. You got to hit them. And this is one of those games. Know. This is one of those games where you got to hit your open receivers and give those guys a chance to make plays because Marvin Mims in the open field, he's, he's as good as anybody out there in the country right now. And give him that opportunity. You can't miss him. You got to hit it. And, uh, yeah. and then we'll see what Eric Gray does as an encore to his Nebraska performance. And then we'll see if Marcus major recaptures some of the magic he had from the first two games when everybody was wishing he started me included. I think he will, including you. I think he, I think he will. And I, the Marcus major fan club hashtag start Marcus. Here's the thing. I liked the balance that I like those backs getting even numbers of snaps because I think it presents different challenges for the defense. They're different kinds of backs. And I think it helps each other out. Um, And so I don't know. I'd like to see, continue that. We'll see what Levy does. So I'm, I'm interested to see about the running game, of course, and I'm interested to see about Gabriel's accuracy. I hope he doesn't have to go win it against K-State. Hopefully we're just a little bit better than that. But if we are, you're right. That is the biggest question mark is can he go march us down the field with a bang, 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 pass, you know, passing uh, attack. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, it might be good to face a little bit of adversity too, right, and just see how you – how you bounce back from that? Because you still haven't really faced it. You know, giving up the one touchdown I, against Nebraska. Know, you know what? I disagree. I disagree. I, 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 the facing adversity thing is the most overrated thing in sports. If you're the better team, go beat them. Don't put yourself That's in true. a position. Don't even put yourself in a position. We have we've been in this position with K State, where we have let K State hang around and be there at the end of the game and Mm -hmm. something stupid like a missed field goal, something stupid like a strip sack of Landry Jones, something stupid happens because we needed, because we, you know, we did the adversity. No, 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 no. We're a better team. Not that you need to. Nobody needs to face adversity, right? But, you know, you're going to find yourself in the spot. You know what? At some point this year. You know what our adversity was? Our adversity was third and six with the crowd bearing down on us in Nebraska. We answer the call. Good. That's all the adversity I want to see the rest of the year. <laughs> well, you, you, well, you're you going to face a lot more than that. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, the first week of conference, at, when we get deeper in there, look, things are not going to go right at some point. Oh, you listen for Logan oh, Riley, man, as much as you hate him, his teams, for the most part, last year was a little different, but we're pretty good at bouncing back in those moments. OU covers the 12 and a half. What say you? <laughs> They cover. Okay. Your Texas Longhorns are traveling to Lubbock, Texas. Fun fact, I, John Whitson, was born in Lubbock, Texas. Um, I have visited the home of my birth, and it looks exactly the same as it does in my memories, uh, which is really an indicator that Lubbock never changes. It is one of those West Texas towns that grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s because of oil. And everybody that lived there stayed there. But nobody else ever – there's no other reason to move out to Lubbock. That's never going to be a place that grows. Amarillo is very similar to that. Midland, Odessa. It's just those western Texas that get built. That's where they're at. That's the town. That's what it Lubbock is. has never changed. And it is a crap hole to watch a football game in. Give us a preview, Kevin Miller. 
Yeah, man. I mean, for Texas, this is their first road game of the year. I do have some concerns, okay? And a lot of my concerns really don't come necessarily from Texas Tech's team, but it's just the circumstances. First of all, it's going to be an insane crowd. You know how it is. You've been to games there. Yeah, they bring it. Yeah, and they bring it when they play the likes of Texas, when they play the likes of OU. So it's going to be an insane atmosphere, right? How does Texas respond? Last year, they weren't good on the road at all, okay? Steve Sarkeesian as a head coach, I'm pretty sure his record is like 13 and 26, something like that on the road as a head coach. That concerns me, right? I feel like this team may be a little bit different overall, but his record on the road concerns me. So I want to see if they can handle their business, they can come out and start fast. I think you need to start fast, get this crazy crowd out of the game as quickly as possible. Because if they get a touchdown and a stop and another touchdown, it's going to go crazy. I'm not sure how Texas will be able to respond. They responded very positively when they got down against UTSA, but that was at home. They had the crowd behind them. Kevin, you're playing um, with a backup quarterback still, correct? Have we heard any word on Quinn Ewers? I'm hearing that there is a chance that Quinn Ewers plays on Saturday. We will not know until kickoff, or at least right before kickoff. But I'm hearing that there is a chance that Quinn Ewers could play on Saturday. What is your bigger concern? How your quarterback, be it Card or Ewers, first game up, first row game, how your quarterback responds in a hostile environment or does your defense travel in other words are they the same team are they the same side of the ball that they've been in austin through the first three games my biggest concern is really the quarterback that that's the biggest thing you know what's the poise going to be like in a hostile environment hudson card got the start last year in, in arkansas and it was an absolute disaster and it cost him his job right now, on the road against West Virginia, he played, and he played a lot better, but he ended up getting injured in that game. He, he didn't finish the game. So that's what I'm more curious to see, how this team handles a hostile environment. Same question that we had for OU last week. How do you handle that with the new coaching staff going up into an environment like we knew Lincoln would be? Texas Tech is 2-1. and one. They beat Murray State 63-10. They beat Houston in overtime 33-30. Lost to NC State, which I thought they put up a better showing, 27-14. That was on the road. They uh, are led by Donovan Smith at quarterback. Seven touchdowns against five interceptions. Is this an opportunity for the Texas defense to take advantage of his turnover-prone um, tendencies. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, and they have to take advantage of it, right? They had a chance for a pick against Alabama that they dropped, right? But they have had pick sixes in their other two games, right? Against Louisiana Monroe and then uh, Deshaun Jamison took one back and then Jody Barron took one back, which really flipped the game against UTSA this past weekend. So he's going to throw you one. You need to take advantage of it, catch it, and hopefully take it to the house. You know, those kind of plays completely deflate a team, especially when they're playing at home in front of a raucous crowd. Shut the crowd up. Keep feeding your running backs and just get the hell out of there with the win. Um, I didn't 
get the over-under. Do you know what the over-under is on the game? You know, last I heard, it was six and a half points. Uh, no, not the spread, the over-under. Oh, the over I'm sorry about that. Um, oh, that's okay. I'm curious. I'm looking see. it up now. I'm curious if we're – is it a 230 game? It is a 230 game. It'll there be it on is. ESPN. 59 and a half. Mm. That's – you know that's not as big as you as you used to have with with Texas Tech. No, not, not with Leach or or even with Kingsbury. At a six and a, um, at a six and a half point spread, they're saying UT wins thirty three to twenty seven, aren't they? Something like that. Yeah. 30, 34, Something 27, like that. Yeah. 33, 34, 27. Do you think yeah. it's going to be that high? Do you think it's that high scoring, or do you think that your defense kind of keeps them down? And maybe, especially if you have Hudson Card, the uh, your scoring is going to follow that and maybe not be as high. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think that I think it'll be something like that. I think I think they cover the spread. Honestly. I think they cover the spread, but you bet the under? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I just I gotta tell you, it's it's gonna be fascinating to watch Hudson Hudson card if he's the guy because um because of what happened at Arkansas and because of getting pulled last season. And Texas Tech is horrible on the – I mean, their fans, they're terrible in every sport. So to know that he's got to go into that environment, that's going to be a very fascinating watch. Um, for your sake, I hope yours gets to start. I hope he's feeling better and they let him get some run as conference play starts. If he starts, I got to tell you, based on what I saw against Alabama, I think you win two touchdowns. I think that's the difference he makes. Instead of a one-touchdown game, I think it's a two-touchdown game. I think you know, that, what I would love to go ahead. No, I just I'm curious if we get a little more concrete word on yours if the line changes significantly. You know, if yeah. something comes yeah. out. I don't will we know or will he or is Sark one of the Sark's one of these dudes that when the dude walks yeah, out on the field, you know, right? Yeah, you'll know right before kickoff. I mean, he he told us that Hudson Carr was gonna start because I mean he had you was out there warming up against uh UTSA and he was in full pads, full uniform, and he was throwing. So it wasn't until right before kickoff where he said that Card was going to play. So and look, I'm fine if, if Card plays. I don't really don't want Ewers out there until he's healthy enough to play, right? I don't want yeah. him to come back and then get hurt again and be out for the rest of the season. But what I would love to see is him come out, establish a run game, maybe hit a big play, make a stop, get another touchdown, and then literally start beating Bijan and Roshan Johnson and uh, the two-headed monster they have at running back and just grind this game out and get out of there with the win. You know, make some stops on defense, hopefully get a couple turnovers, and just do what they normally do up there in Lubbock. Just win. Yeah, Despite I mean, their horrible decade. They still have – they haven't lost in Lubbock since the, tra- the Crabtree game. The Crabtree game, I'm sure you call it. Um, no, I, I don't, man. I, I respect Michael Crabtree. Yeah, uh, I, I – the thing is, when you look at Texas, outside looking in, you look at Texas, especially the way they performed against Alabama, the formula is there, right? Strong defense, yeah. strong running game. Quarterback, just don't screw it up. At, at least against Alabama. Like, if you, if you can yeah. take that. And at least with Hudson Carr, too. That, that's, that's the formula with Hudson that, Carr. That's the formula. And, well, and a, and a freshman quarterback. Let's say, I mean, you know what I mean? Yours. Yeah, I mean, do I think he can go out and win it? Yeah, I think that kid's going to get there. That's not that's not my point. But my point is, even as a freshman, though, on this in this stage, it's just don't lose it. 
You know, let's you got B. Yeah. John Robinson, just give him the ball 31 times. The the real question is gonna be, I think, in addition to I think I want to see can your defense travel because they did not travel well last year. It just something not happened. No, I mean something happened when they were I mean, on they the were road. good at home either. They the defense wasn't good. The, the problem was too the offense didn't travel as well either. Yeah. It just didn't work. Yeah. Well, I think this is now, I the, think that, I think that we keep getting these games with Texas that we're asking to define what this team is going to be. And this yeah. is just another so so we went up against the big the big Goliath the big in Goliath, Alabama yeah. and you and you showed out, you know, one point loss. No there really is no shame in that. Not against Alabama. You took on the upstart uh team following that that big game, which everybody could have expected to let down. And now the next test is on the road. And this is where you find what is the character of this team as far as how they're going to compete in conference. I think Texas covers. I think Texas covers. And you've got Texas covering? I do. Well, that's not very interesting for our competition, but you know what? It is what it is. So both of us were picking. So we both got the same pick. So we're going to have the same record no matter what. Right now that record, though, is 7-5. and five. So we've been doing pretty good. Um, have you been to a game in Texas at Texas Tech? 2004 was the one and only time I went there. Uh, Texas unleashed Vince Young and Cedric Benson, the late, great Cedric Benson. Rest on in peace. Texas Tech's defense, and they destroyed them. It was like... I don't know, 49 to 14, some kind of crazy victory up there. I think they both had about 150 yards rushing each. Uh, was the wind was the wind blowing? The wind was blowing. There it's unbelievable. He is on the field. It's unbelievable, man. The wind just blows and blows and bl- it's just mm-hmm. insane. Um who's calling y'all's game? Do you know? Are y'all on Fox or ESPN? It's ESPN. And okay. I have absolutely no idea who's who's calling it yet. You know what? This is okay. So that's the Texas game. This is just an off-topic conversation, real quick, just between us. I can't find on the internet where Big Noon kickoff is going to be. Am I missing something? Okay, no, I I, I haven't looked, but um, so I was like looking at these games, yeah, wondering know. what Big Noon kickoff would be. I'm guessing Baylor, Ohio Iowa State? State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, maybe. But that's that a night? night. It's a night. Game. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So I was I was thinking maybe Baylor Iowa State, but I don't know. I couldn't find it. Game day popped right up. Interesting because they're they're on site every week, right? They don't have um, they don't do like a studio show sometimes, right? I I thought they were. I just can't seem to find it. It seems very odd. I don't know. If somebody's out yeah, there. Yeah, that is odd. You would think, right? They if would somebody have out there can tweet us at Boomer Bebo Pod. And tell us where the big yeah. noon kickoff let game is. I, I let us know. More sure. than anything, it's just a curiosity. I was like, oh, I wonder what the big noon kickoff game is. And it's like, they're going to be at Purdue. And I'm like, Purdue doesn't even play it. So I, I don't know. The whole thing was very odd. And I knew that there was no reason they'd be at Purdue. Um, Hopefully everything's all right. Uh, Gus I think we lost you a little bit on your audio there, Kevin. Okay, no, I was just saying that um, hopefully everything's all right with Gus Johnson. I know he was uh, he had to leave the game 
and Lincoln did early you, last week. Did, did you hear why? It was sick, right? Spider bite. Really? No. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever had a Have you ever had a spider yes. bite? Yes. You told me your story. Yeah, I got to tell my story on the radio with uh, Toby Rowland this morning, voice of the Sooners on the Ref ninety four seven and fourteen hundred AM. Um, basically, I got it on my I got it on my the day I got married, the week I got married, and then on my honeymoon, the night of my honeymoon, I'm in the hospital with a spider bite. I mean, it was ginormous. The like, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it was crazy. like that big around. It was crazy. Fun fact: I read Stoops's uh, bio- autobiography that he wrote. Also on his honeymoon, he got a spider bite. So me and Bob Stoops are basically like spider men. You know what I mean? Like we're like yeah. related. I feel pretty good about it. I got that going for you me. You should. You should. Pretty excited about it. Um, when, when did you get a spider How old were you when you got a spider bite? Oh, it was probably like five, maybe six years ago when I was in Colorado. What kind, yeah. of, what kind of spiders? I, I have no idea. But this would... This was close to probably 20 years ago, and the big thing in Oklahoma at the time was brown recluse spiders. It okay. was crazy. Yeah, everybody was getting bit by brown, and I did. I got bit by brown recluse. I mean, I assume that's what it was, but whatever. Uh, Kevin, I, I'm. This is I. I am anxious for both of these tests of these games because I think this is going to display if Oklahoma can replicate what they did against Nebraska, we are a scary good football team. We just are. I think this is the final game I have to see before I'm confident in saying we are scary good. For you guys, if you win, and as convincingly as we think they're going to win, I think you're saying you're a real contender for the Big 12. I I just, I think that's what how important both of these games are. Listen, I'm yeah, I'm hoping that both teams just handle their business this week and next week, and then we all know what's coming up after that. So dude, I'm already listen, I'm I'm fired up about OU <laughs> Texas. I've already it's got plenty epic. I uh, yeah, dude, I'm staying downtown at the Omni again. I think it's gonna be awesome. I, I love it. I can't I can't freaking wait. Don't even don't don't is even it or is it downtown Dallas? No, the downtown Omni. Whoa. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> Okay. Oh no, it's fancy. Right. What's that's where like the alumni club is. And last year, President Harris was out giving speeches. Um, the band was playing on the on the. Oh yeah, it was fantastic, dude. It was so good. And the Thank ride you. to the state fair was like fifteen minutes. It was great. It was that's really really time. great. Big time. Uh, we got to talk about offline what we're going to do for that. Like what what our yeah. programming is going to be because as the Boomer Bevo podcast we're going to have to bring it this that week. If anybody has an ideas yeah. of topics they want us to talk about, please hit us in the comments. Hit us at, at Boomer Bevo Pod on Twitter. We'd love to hear any kind of feedback you got because when it comes to OU Texas, we want to be where you come to find out what's going on. Kevin, where else can they hear us? And anywhere you find podcasts, just search Boomer Bevo Podcast and you will find us there. A big please give a like, to- give a uh, review as well. A big thanks to the ref for getting us on the Potomatic. Kevin, we had over 560 views of our week three uh, review, and that's awesome. That gets us fired up. It makes us want to keep doing what we're doing. We're having a lot of fun, and we appreciate every single person that's listening. Please tell your thanks. friends. Like us. Subscribe. Kevin, big week. Boomer. Hook him.